Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. The spy balloon that China sent over the U.S. has many lawmakers concerned. What was the Chinese regime actually trying to achieve by sending it? To discuss the spy balloon as well as the threat of the CCP more broadly, NTD's Melina Wisecup caught up with Chairman of the House Foreign Relations Committee, Congressman Mike McCall. Here's a look. Congressman Michael McCall, Chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, so of course I want to talk about the CCP spy balloon. We were talking a little bit about why they sent this balloon over America. What do you think their intentions were? I think they're testing uh, this president, this administration, uh, testing our, our strength. Uh, they wanted to see weakness, and I think they saw some of that. The, the fact is we didn't shoot it down. When it entered U.S. airspace, we waited until it was exiting uh, the airspace of the United States. And so we have a lot of unanswered questions about this. I have a classified briefing coming up you know, on this point. But it was a very provocative message for them to be sending to the United States, especially just right before the Secretary of State Blinken's meeting with Chairman Xi in China. Uh, the only I can only uh, speculate that this was done to to say, uh, look, we're stronger than you are. And it ended up in the cancellation of that meeting. It's not helping our relations uh, with China. It's making it worse. So in the Foreign Affairs Committee, you all, I assume, will be investigating this balloon. What kind of questions will you be asking? Why wasn't it shot down immediately? Why do we allow it to go over the United States, over critical national security assets? Was the balloon transmitting back to the mothership in Beijing? Uh, and what was re recovered out of the ocean, Atlantic Ocean, that apparently is three busloads of uh, satellite surveillance uh, capability. What, what did that tell us? Did we jam the balloon so it couldn't send the messages back? And with China, there are so many issues that China has, that, that we are looking into on China. We have the IP theft, this incident with the spy balloon. You have the economic relationships. What about human rights? Is this something that's going to be priority for the Foreign Affairs Committee? You know they're doing forced organ harvesting there. Right, and, and we have a, a subcommittee devoted uh, specifically to this issue, human rights. You know, I remember President Reagan, he attacked our adversaries very skillfully with Voice of America and other, you know, uh, you know uh, outlets that go in country, like at that time went into Russia. We can send messages into China. I did that with my Origins of COVID-19 report that got them very upset because it demonstrated it was their negligence that created the monster. Um, so we need to get in country with our communications and talk about human rights. We have a high ground as a democracy, you know, that values human rights and not what China is doing, you know, with the Uyghur Muslim uh, slave labor, with the genocide that's going on against the Uyghur Muslims. And to your point, the most horrific is the, the organ harvesting, taking live humans and sedating them and taking their, you know, most precious organs out and selling them for hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, and it's murderous. I mean, just literally killing people and taking their organs out. Um, wow. I mean, I think the American people need to know what's happening. It's very threatening for the regime to have members like you who are wanting to highlight these very big issues that they're that are going on in their country. Last question for you. I want to ask about um, your why would an, why should an everyday American care what's going on in China, the values that they're upholding here, why does it matter to them? 
Well, just like uh, Putin and Russia, I think they want to expand their boundaries. They want reunification of Taiwan that has 90% of the global manufacturing of semiconductor chips. They want the island chains back that my dad's generation liberated in World War II. That they want domination, in their own words, you know, the 100-year marathon, both economic and military domination of, of the world. Uh, that, is, that is their plan. That is their policy. And so when they're saying that, you know, we didn't listen to Hitler when he wrote Mein Kampf, but Chairman Xi is very specific about his goals. And it is world economic and military domination. And I think that should be important to every American. Why do those values matter to Americans, the values that the Chinese government is upholding versus what America is trying to uphold? There's a big contrast there. Is it dangerous for them? Well, that's our greatness, is that we value, respect human life. We don't, uh, we don't have a disrespect for human life like they do. That we don't oppress human rights in our country. We don't censor our people. We don't surveil on Americans like they do in China. Um, all those values that we stand for, being a, a democracy you know, based on uh, principles of our founding fathers, is very precious to us that they don't believe in. And that, therefore, it's a threat to what our founding fathers stood for, the very essence of what this nation was created upon. And sorry, just last question on TikTok. We know Senator Josh Hawley, I believe, has introduced a bill to ban TikTok nationwide. You all in Congress have already passed a, a ban for federal devices. Is this something that in, in the House you all will be working on? in uh, consultation with the Senate counter? Yes, uh, and the Foreign Affairs Committee that I chair will be the Committee of Jurisdiction uh, for this. And uh, yes, we are looking at this. Uh, we want to do it the right way, uh, legally. And so we're looking at the various options. It's interesting talking about the, uh, the charm offensive from China somehow uh, wanting to meet with members of Congress to say how great TikTok is. And we all know it's a backdoor device in your personal phone that gets access to your phone. Um, all the younger generation out there, I know my kids say, hey dad, if you ban TikTok, it may not be that popular, but we need an American alternative to TikTok. I, I'm not, uh, it's unacceptable for us to allow a surveillance tool by the CCP to be put in our phones uh, when they download the app. And I think our, the younger generation, either they don't understand it or they don't care, but I, I, I personally don't like the idea of the CCP having access to an entire generation of Americans. Thank you, Congressman. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. The House Oversight Committee today holding a hearing with former Twitter executives, focusing on Twitter's censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop story. To discuss online censorship, our Melina Wisecup spoke with member of the House Judiciary Committee, Congressman Mike Johnson. Congressman Mike Johnson, Vice Chair of the Judiciary, thank you. Yes, ma'am. So what, is the, what are the uh, main investigations that you all will be working on on judiciary this next two years? Well, we're in the early processes of dividing our labor, and we have a limited amount of time and resources, so we have to be very uh, targeted in, in what we do. Um, it is a target-rich environment in terms of our uh, oversight, jurisdiction, or investigation authority. And so between that and the Select Committee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, we're, we're trying to be very deliberate about the priority of how we go about these investigations. I expect that we will begin primarily with the Department of Justice and its various divisions. We have deep concerns about the FBI and some of the things that have gone on there from the top leadership down. We have whistleblowers inside of some of these agencies, like the FBI, that have come forward, agents who have 
uh, really very concerning information about things that they've been involved in and been instructed to do. And so between that and the border catastrophe, uh, we're going to have our hands full just right out of the blocks. But there'll be many moving parts to all of these investigations in both of those committees, and I, I think it'll be a lot, to, a lot to keep track of. I believe in the subcommittee of the weaponization of the federal government, you all have already issued subpoenas to certain members within these agencies. If you could, for our audience, explain what, who were those subpoenas meant for and what are they asking for? Well, specifically right out of the blocks, we, we, we sent preservation notices for records to a number of agencies within the Department of Justice and even to Merrick Garland, the Attorney General himself. Uh, they were effectively declined or denied because we didn't have the gavels yet. So we were a little delayed on that because of the speaker's race. So right out of the blocks, we doubled down on the request that we had already made and we've begun to issue uh, some subpoenas, specifically uh, focusing on the Department of Justice first. I, you know, our greatest concern about all of this is the increasing uh, lack of trust that the American people have in our institutions themselves. And there's nothing more important than the Department of Justice. If, if the people don't believe that we have a fair system, that there's not two tiers of justice, two tracks, there's one, that everybody has equal justice under the law and that justice is blind, and we lose a very important element of what it requires to maintain a, a constitutional republic like ours. So we have to restore the people's trust. And one of the concerns we have is that as we lay the facts bare about uh, the tremendous abuse that's uh, been had in these areas, uh, it's going to diminish the trust of the people even more. So while we're doing that, simultaneously we have to come forward and explain how we can institute process reforms to rebuild that trust. And that's a really uh, a big challenge that we have on our hands right now. So which facts are you trying to lay bare? What are these subpoenas asking for? What are you trying to uncover? Well, for example, uh, we're deeply concerned about the way that parents of school children were targeted. There, there's a domestic threat tag. Basically, they're using terrorism protocols, domestic terrorism protocols against parents who showed up at school board meetings. So just on that issue alone, by way of example, we want to know how the correspondence developed between the Attorney General and the White House and the National School Boards Association, who initially was involved in all that. Um, who came up with the threat tag and what parents were labeled? What was their criteria? What uh, information was gathered about them? Where is that information being held now? Um, are, are they making lists of uh, American people who they deem to be a threat in that arena or, for example, in those who chose not to get the, the COVID uh, vaccine? Uh, we have information that has been um, given to us by people inside of these agencies that suggest all of this has happened. And so we're going to follow that truth. We're going to gather the documents. We're going to have the whistleblower testimony come in. And ultimately, we'll question these top officials under oath themselves. And we'll present that for the American people. And they'll be able to draw their own conclusions. So these are not Republican talking points. This is not a political exercise. This is an exercise of fact-finding to find the truth. Because we have to. We owe that to the people. We have to stop these abuses. We have to correct what's happened and make sure it doesn't happen again in the future. And then last question for you. <clears throat> How severe of a threat do you think government encouraging social media platform to censor Americans and censor information. How, how much of a threat do you think that is? I think it's a tremendous threat and it's an unprecedented one. You know, in previous generations of Americans, the, the free marketplace of ideas was effectively the, the town square, public sidewalk. You know, citizens in a town would gather there under a gazebo often and they would have their debates and have their dialogue and they would they would meet out public policy and come up with consensus. Well, now that has shifted online. Now, in our generation, uh, the free marketplace of ideas is the online community. It's social media. It's the big tech platforms. So if the, the people who control those platforms are able to put their thumb on the scale and censor and silence viewpoints that they personally disagree with, 
that's a serious problem. What's happened, as we know in practice, it is that always the conservative viewpoints uh, that are effectively discriminated against. And so we have to address that, face the reality of it, understand what a real threat that is to public dialogue and to the development of public policy and consensus, and come up with solutions on how to, how to solve it. There's a number of ideas on how to do that, and we'll, we'll be going through that over the next year or so. Thank you, Congressman. Thank you. Sure. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.